Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, gang. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Oh, yeah, you say another one, but you heard about yesterday, were you? No, I was out. Apologies. But I'm back now. Oh, yeah, what are you doing? None of your business. Out having a drink. Well, it's irrelevant. I was drinking, but, yeah, I had one glass of Pinot Noir. Now, we start today with Arsenal, who are edging closer to completing the signing of Brighton defender Ben White for £50 million. But can he take Mikel Arteta and his side onto the next level? Well, here's the Arsenal invincible Ray Parler and Moni Moni Simon Jordan, who believes White reminds him of Chelsea legend John Terry. It was excellent last season, Brighton. That's why he's got the call up for England. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a, a bright future in front of him. So he can play in all different positions. He's very versatile. He can play left back. He can play in a three at the centre centre half. He can play centre half himself. So um, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a decent signing. It probably is a decent stepping stone move for the boy himself. If I'm Ben White, I'm going to Arsenal because they're the ones after me, and it's a step up. It's a huge club where he's going to have an opportunity. He's going to play every week. It's a massive stadium, massive. You know, it's a, it's a great environment to play your football, and it's it's a better environment than Brighton. I just wonder what his ambitions. are. I'm surprised that there aren't bigger clubs that have come in for him. Is he good enough now to be playing centre half for Manchester City? He goes to Arsenal. He starts every game. Yeah. Surely that's got to be the thing when you're a young player as well. He knows he can go to Arsenal, and he starts from the moment he goes. It's a lot to pay, isn't it, for potential? Isn't yeah, it? but I think fifty million is probably right. Are Arsenal going to win the title or challenge for the title in the next two or three seasons? I think that's unlikely, if I'm honest. You know, and Ray says he's twenty-four, so he's going to be heading into that sort of you know two years, sort of twenty-six, twenty-seven-ish. He's not going to do. He's not going to do a year at Arsenal for fifty million, is he? Then leave. You know, it, 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 I don't see him winning anything. And again, I, I just I think he's better than Arsenal. If you're Ben White, you can only move to a club that wants you. For me, his quality. And his potential is is really good. Mm. And I, I'm surprised that Emmanuel or a Chelsea, whoever it may be, hasn't come in. It's a bad time at the moment for Arsenal because they need to get back into European football. Uh, they need to get back into Champions League football. It's been too long now that they've been out of that. And Arsenal probably gone downhill. So Mikel Arteta knows that. He, you know, Again, he's a realistic manager. He, he knows the club where it should be. And it, where, where it is at the moment, he's not good enough. Ben White is a, uh, is a very good footballer. And I remember seeing John Terry play against us in a pre-season friendly in 2002 or 2003. And he was very young, but he was a Rolls-Royce. 
And this boy looks a little bit like that without the sort of characteristics that John had in terms of his ability on the ball. But I think it's a great buy for Arsenal. Another team looking to propel to the next level this season is, of course, Manchester United, who are closing in on a deal to sign the Borussia Dortmund forward, Jaden Sancho. Here's the former Man City defender, Danny Mills, and Ray Parlow again, who believes that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could walk if they fail to win a trophy this season. Season's not even started yet, and they're talking about him getting the sack. Ridiculous. David De Gea has to score this. He's saved by the diving Rully Derby to his left-hand side. And it's Villarreal that win the Europa League for 2021. He's been close on quite a few occasions and hasn't managed to, to get over the line yet in, in terms of winning that first trophy. So, you know, when you start to make signings, you start to add to your squad expectations go higher um, mm. but it's still I think going to be very very difficult for, for Manchester United with, with everybody else he's a realistic man he, he's been in great dressing rooms hasn't he yeah. where there's very successful one that's Alex Ferguson so he knows exactly what Manchester United is all about he knows he knows the uh, expectation when you look at the managers Guardiola, Klopp, Tuchel Rodgers and Benitez for me are in the top bracket they're in the top bracket and mm. I think Solskjaer's in there with Arteta Oh, shut up. Solskjaer. What are you talking Nuno. about? Arteta. And Nuno, I think, is in that bracket. Corner in for Bruno Fernandes. Pogba heads it in. Goal number five for Manchester United. Scott is a main United fan. Thanks, Ewan. Hello, Scott. Let's get it right. Nice and easy. Got upset a few, but we can win the league. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. I would actually say we've got more chance of winning the league next season than Liverpool. With those players, they should be competing. I know, but when you... And s- if they sign Trippier, they sign Varane, and they've already got Sancho at 70 odd million, they sign Maguire for a ridiculous fee who makes them better. And they've got other good players, quality size in, players in there. They should be competing every year. They should be winning it or finishing second. Jaden Sancho on a hat-trick, racing clear into the penalty area. He might go alone, he does go alone, and there is Jaden Sancho's hat-trick. He is back in a big, big way. I'm still not convinced with Manchester United that they're going to challenge for the title with what they've done. Sancho's a fabulous player. I think he's an upgrade on what they've got, but I don't think he adds an extra 15 goals to what they've already got. It's not like if they brought Harry Kane in, suddenly you go, oh yeah, maybe they are title contenders. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he needs every single help he can get. And if he's getting good quality players coming in, it gives him more of a chance to win trophies. But if he doesn't win trophies and have a poor season, I'm sure Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be the first to, to admit, well, you know, it hasn't worked and I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Now, moving on to Everton. And they look set to sign Talk Sports Andros Townsend on a free transfer after he left Crystal Palace this month. Here's the take of the former Liverpool midfielder Danny Murphy, who joined White and Jordan on TalkSport. Rafa's yeah. first signings for Everton, mm-hmm. said to be Damari Gray for one and a half mil, and our great friend here at TalkSport, Andros Townsend, <laughs> who's uh, on his way out of Palace for nothing, Asmir Begovic on a free. So, what does that tell us about Everton, Danny? I wonder we had Andros Townsend here waxing lyrical about Rafa Benitez, eh? Um, <laughs> they don't excite you, do they, those signings? I understand the Begovic one. Because Pickford's number one, and you need some cover. Begovic, experience, super pro. I get that. But let's put things in perspective. Everton spent a fortune last summer, didn't they? And they've brought in a lot of players. And the nucleus of the squad's quite good. But they mm. might still go out and spend on a couple of They billion. might, yeah. They you might. Know, so, and he's got a lot of Dawan Idion, and, he's, and he is ambitious. He's backed his managers before. I think he would have gone in there with the promise of a decent treasure chest mm. I, I can't see him having to rely on freebie you know the odd 
one and a half million and a free. Come on. Everton have got a basis of, an, of a decent squad. So the, the, the core players that they've got in there, you know, obviously I know Luca Dean's injured at the moment. You've got England's number one goalkeeper. You've got Luca Dean. Uh, you've got the likes of obviously even Godfrey and Mason Holgate, young defenders, Michael Keane in there, Yerimina. You've got Alan and Decore, I think mm-hmm. the two superb midfield players, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin in there as well, uh, Gomez, James Rodriguez. You, you've got some good players in there. So if, if Rafa can get them organised and, and, and get it right, there's no reason why they can't start to challenge for, for the top six. I've always been optimistic that it could be the season for Everton to yes. finally break into yeah. that four or six, top six. And something always goes wrong with Everton. And I think last season, there was no supporters, obviously, going to the games. That probably didn't help them. I think when Goodison is rocking... Yeah, their home form was terrible, wasn't their it? Their home form was awful. This team finished 10th last year and I know that Rafa's had this observation about installing a winning mentality in the club which I assume wasn't there under Carlo Ancelotti <laughs> and Carlo Ancelotti didn't have that mentality and it's unique what to Rafa Benitez what is it? well it's just winning games isn't it it's a winning mentality the players mm. don't they turn up to lose games do they uh, and it's about how they're led and obviously there was a swipe back at Ancelotti and the culture that he may have created at the club but they finished 10th last mm. year right so if you're gonna if you're gonna have a slightly depleted squad with players that aren't as good as the ones that you've got there, or you're gonna you're gonna balance it up with players like Demario Gray and Andros Townsend, I don't see how you're gonna finish above tenth in the league. No, it's hard to see. Elsewhere, the fallout continues from Sunday's British Grand Prix, or SBGP as no one calls it. We saw Lewis Hamilton fight back from a ten second penalty to win at Silverstone. He was blamed for a crash with rival Max Verstappen on the first lap with both Martin Turner and the 1996 world champion Damon Hill, saying that this newfound rivalry reminds them of the one between the late great Ayrton Senna and Alain Prost. Lewis Hamilton was more or less past Max Verstappen, and then Verstappen has turned in. You see uh, Hamilton is actually coming past the Red Bull car, and then it gets very, very tight on the inside of a bend, and Hamilton and uh, Max Verstappen do collide, and ha- in fact, Verstappen has gone off. So anyway, uh, it looks thinks as though the race is going to be stopped, and I'll come back to you with any more details, but Verstappen is out of the car, but after, what, three laps now, Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari leads the British Grand Prix. I think it was predominantly a racing incident, but I do think that, you know, Lewis was the aggressor in that sense, you know, but he was trying to pass him, you know, he was trying to put a move on early on in the race, which he knew he had to because um, he had got a straight line speed advantage uh, with their setup. So he, he was able to attack aggressively on Max and Max had, had, to, def- had to defend. And they ch- it came, it was always, it always looked like it was going to happen on that first lap. Let's face it, Max has been bullying Lewis for the last few races with the final insult being winning the sprint race at Silverstone on Saturday when Lewis had posted the fastest time. And he clearly had enough and said, you're not doing to this, this to me at home. And so Lewis really is back, and Max has the fastest car, unquestionably. But Lewis may look cool, but he's a street fighter, and the gloves are now off. The kind of level of intensity of it reminded me very much of Senna and Prost, you know, mm. and the way Senna used to used to terrorise Alain Prost, you know, and, and so um, and, and they're fighting for the world championship. Max has never had a world championship, and Lewis is trying to get his eighth. And he doesn't Amazing. want to have to miss out. It's exactly what Formula One needs. The fact is, we've now got. Prost versus Senna. That's as, as simple as that. And we've got two stellar talents. And remember, Lewis is already the, the greatest driver in, in numbers in, in history. And people are talking about Max, what a legend he is. He hasn't won a world title yet. So you really have got the pretender against the legend. But when you look at Lewis, he doesn't look like an old fart. 
he looks like he still looks unbelievably fresh. And so it's an ultimate challenge and an ultimate fight. It's rather like a prize fight. You know, it's going to go on all year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't have two blokes liking each other and respecting each other when it's, when it's such high stakes. It just does turn. It turns. It, there's always a moment where it turns into slightly acrimonious position. And Lewis is, you know, was quick to say, I hope that Max is OK. And, uh, of course, everyone was really, really upset that he might have been um, uh, hurt. So... You know, no one wants to get hurt, but they're both in the arena, and there's no way anyone's going to get out of that arena without um, some tears. And we end today with news of more positive COVID tests ahead of the start of the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Six now of Team GB's athletes and two staff members are having to isolate after someone on their flight tested positive for the virus, whilst three South African footballers, a Czech volleyball player and a US gymnast have also contracted COVID-19. Here's all the fallout with the Times' Matt Lawton and the AP's Rob Harris over on TalkSport 2. It's not easy and people do need to be reminded of their responsibility to the wider Team GB delegation and that's really important because, as we know, quick outbreaks of the COVID variant, it, it can bring teams down, it can bring delegations down quite quickly. Coming into the Olympics, we knew what we were getting into, getting into. You know, we knew that that worry was going to be there, but we're doing everything we can. Gymnasts, we're going into the village tomorrow and we cannot wait. It's then, it's making sure that we're doing our own job, staying in our own bubble, staying focused and kind of keeping our distance where possible and everywhere we go, really. It's a real shame that there's not that interaction and chance to meet people from other nations and other sports as much. Of course, it will be very, very damaging. Um, you know, you want to be as sharp as you can. You want to do every prep session as you can. You don't want to miss out. But if it happens, you just have to get on with it and just prepare the best you can in the situation that you find yourself in. We've already got positive cases in the village as well. Um, we've seen with the South African footballers, the latest Czech case as well. And that will be the concern is we've got more and more athletes starting to gather in this Olympic village if there are further cases and, and close contact <coughs> cases too there are distancing measures in place you're not going to be hanging around eating with other athletes none of that usual camaraderie from different nations in the village no alcohol certainly being drunk around there so it's a very different athlete village as well a very different Olympic experience for it might be their only chance of coming to the Olympics and it would be a very sterile experience for them you know, I've been here a week now and, and what we're getting is, is, it feels like it's escalating every day we were sat here in the media centre yesterday and the story broke about the two South African footballers and and the whole team, the whole squad having to go into isolation. You know, they're playing on yeah. Thursday. It's, did, and then so, so you, you leave, you know, yeah. you leave the media centre last night and that's the story. And then suddenly, bang, 10 o'clock at night last night, it's six British athletes. And it just feels like we're going to get more and more as as this as the week goes on and as the game starts. It's just gonna it's just gonna build. So that's it for another podcasty thing. Thanks for listening on the Talksport app, wherever you get your podcasts from. There will of course be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you got to do, and of course hit the subscribe button, gang. Don't forget that. I'll be back today, four pm, on another Andy Goldstein Drive Time Show alongside Perry Groves. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the bubble. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.